What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Three Bull- Bulldogs Podcast. I'm your host, James Lislak, alongside Nick Carlson and Justin Hill. Today we have a lot of topics, but first we're going to start off with the bat- NBA. NBA.com has reports that Rockets set to hire coach Steven Salas from the Magic. Nick, you said this last week. What are your thoughts? Well, Stellis has been around the NBA for about 20 years or so. He's bounced around the league as different coaches. Uh, let's see, prior to prior to going to Dallas, he was the assistant coach for the Hornets. Uh, before that, he was he was with the Warriors, the Cavs, and the Wizards as an advanced scout. So he definitely has some background in the league. He's definitely spent time. He's seen a lot of teams. He's he's been around the program different programs long enough to know how to run a team. He's been an assistant coach for a few years now. So I feel like he's ready to take the step up into the head coach position. So honestly, I think this will work well. He's going to bring in his style of coaching. So this is going to be a whole new year for the Rockets. It's going to be a whole new team with a whole different dynamic. I agree. Um, With Steve Sellis, um, Nick, um, it's like what you said just now. Um, he came up in like in the leagues and all coaching, like assistant coaching and like learning way, learning ways to coach. And that's how you really need to start in this league. Like you need to learn from the basic um coaches and basic staff as league in order to be the best, in order to get the manager and coaching spot. And um it's good that um I think it was a great move uh, what the Rockets did, and plus lo- knowing that the Mavericks um they had a in my opinion, a, ter- a terrific season before the um before they hit the bubble before the COVID. And um, in my take, we've seen a lot of like coaches such as like Steve Nash, for example, like getting a job off a of free pass is really great to see a guy like Steve Sells get the job, learn that he deserves. It. And recently, um, Stephen A. Smith has talked about like black coaches not having a coaching job in the NBA, and, and to see um Steve Sells. As a um black man and having a coaching job is um really impressive and um kudos to him. Yeah, I mean I, I can't really say anything uh more than that. You guys both nailed it on the head. Um but I think the Rockets, CP three is there, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook is there. I think they have a tough team. They made it almost to close to uh playoffs and not didn't they make the playoffs? They made the playoffs, right? Yeah, they lost in the second round. Right. Yeah, so, so I mean Five. So, I mean, if if everybody can stay healthy, if Westbrook can be the player he's always been, you know, hawking the ball and driving the lane, and with his coaching, I think they're going to be good and be tough. Nick, what do you think? Honestly, I, I think you're right. I mean, Coach Sillis even had a chance to work with his father, Paul Sillis, from – the year 2000 all the way up into 03 with the Hornets and then 03 to 05 with the Cavs. So he's been around with his dad. His dad, Paul, is actually ranked as the 49th most winningest coach in NBA history. So obviously basketball is in the blood. His family lives and breathes volleyball. So 
I'm excited to see what this new coach is going to bring into the Rockets. That's um, it's really interesting to hear right there, especially with the family blood, knowing that they have a coaching aspect. That's what a lot of these NBA teams, especially what the Rockets have gone through the last three seasons. We know that um, Houston lost in seven games in against the Warriors in 2018. They lost in six against the um, Warriors again in um, the semifinals in the second round. And la- this season, they lost to the Lakers in, in five in the semifinals in round two. And the way the Rockets in the past two seasons played the small ball, I like to see what Steve Sellers is going to learn how to do, knowing from the coaches from the Mavericks and seeing the center position of uh, Porzingis played and on the Mavericks. Let's see if he can bring a good center dynamic duo to Houston alongside with Russell Westbrook and James Harden and P.J. Tucker. Yeah, speaking of those guys, um, so, Justin, what do you think? There's a lot of rumors going around about Chris Paul moving around the NBA. Where do you think he's going to land? Um, There's a lot of rumors of Chris Paul, James, to answer your question. Um, we got to um, think about this. This man has a lot of money owed to him. He has like 90-something or 70-something million owed to him. So it's really going to be tough for any team to take his contract knowing that that's a lot of money to put down for a guy that's 35 years of age and he's a, going to be a 16th-year veteran. And with Chris, with Chris Paul, um, he's a veteran point guard that a lot of these teams need, especially like teams such as the Lakers right now. There's so many rooms of him going to L.A. And um, I can see him going to the Lakers because not being a Laker fan, but as a basketball like taker and like as a fan i think he might be a laker because lebron he wants to see his boy get a championship number one that's lebron james's um son's um godfather they've been best friends since high school like who one wants to see their best friend win a championship and help them win a championship and in order to for them to land him chris chris paul has to take a buyout that's the only way he has to take a buyout from okc take less from the lakers and hope that um the rockets or the OKC, whoever controls his contract, can um, pay whatever money was owed to him in the near future. Yeah, I agree. Nick, what do you think? Well, the whole CP3 thing, I mean, that that's honestly, it's, it's going to be one of the most hyped or the most looked at trades or where he will sign this year, well, for the next season coming up. But honestly, I could see uh, CP3 heading out to Milwaukee, joining in with the Bucks. I mean... If the Bucks don't make Giannis happy, he's going to go somewhere where another team will definitely make him happy. He is a definite standout player, not from just his sheer size, but his play style. He's an all-around player. But let's not get this wrong. CP3 had a stellar season this year. He was good all the way around the court. So, honestly, I see him possibly ending up in Milwaukee if – they don't make Giannis happy and Giannis wants to leave. They need another star player to throw into that starting lineup. What kind of answer to that? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, one more. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, Nick. That's another sleep right there, the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks, they're trying to pull off a, um, another run for Giannis if, if he leaves or not next season. There's a lot of rooms that he might leave and all. But like like what Nick said, like the Bucks, they have one more run to, in, in order to try to um, – convince Giannis to stay and like it's like what the Bucks said to Giannis like they're gonna do whatever they can to give him a championship and give him enough talent to look at over the left tax and like the key facts I think they could trade maybe for Chris Paul maybe Eric Bledsoe he has like 30 something million left and maybe like a shooting guard maybe but we shall see and like like people forget about this 
OKC was not even a projection to make it to the, off, to the playoffs. Like, Chris Paul is, like, playing like Chris Paul from, like, when he was on, in the Hornets days, in my opinion. But I think the I think the two front-runner teams to get him is the Lakers and the, and the Bucks, for sure. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I mean, I can see him going there, but there's so many rumors about Antetokounmpo going to the Warriors to play with Curry and Thompson. So, like, do you really think – in my opinion, I think I agree with you, Justin. I think he's going to go to the Lakers because Chris Paul hasn't won a championship. He wants a championship. If Antetokounmpo is out of Milwaukee, they have no chance. Even with CP3, they still don't really have a chance to make it that far in the playoffs. I mean, you saw it this year in the playoffs. The Heat were the underdogs, beat them, and you know went to the finals. But I think, I think the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know. I think he's gonna go to Lakers where they have a chance to actually win a championship again. In my um in my opinion, before I hand this off to Nick, in my opinion, um, when you're at that age, when you're in your sixteenth year in the league, you gotta think about one thing, winning a championship. You can't worry about the money grub anymore. Chris Paul's made maybe at least three hundred million dollars off the money he's made in his NBA career, at least. Two hundred million, three hundred million, whatever the case may be. But I I see him as a Laker and like with the Bucks right now. I think, like, look at the Bucks being up 2-0 against Toronto in 2019, being um and losing to Miami. It should be a wake up call. This like it should be a wake up call right there, especially with the same about Giannis. Like Giannis lost two years in a row, and and the crazy part about it is, is that uh, the Bucks played better without him in Game Four when he went down in Game Four, and they weren't able to secure the win instead of being swept. And Game Five, they're playing better without him, so. We should see where um, Chris Paul goes and where Giannis goes. And, like, there's so many rumors about, like, Giannis going to Dallas and, this, and the Warriors. I certainly do not believe that. Like, the the players, the things I see this season is Giannis is going to stay this season. And if the Bucks do not win next season, he for sure will walk. Yeah, no, I, Justin, I completely agree with you 100%. I mean, Chris Paul is, what, 35 years old as of right now? Yeah. So, still relatively... In the age bracket, he is in the upper part of the age bracket, from what I would say. But, you know, he's still playing like he was when he first came into the league. That skill has not gone down. The yeah. age goes up, but the skill is still staying the same, if not going up. He had a tremendous season this year, playing 70 games. I mean, you really can't go. He played 70 games back in 2019, where 2018 he only had 58, but I believe he had an injury in 2018, if I'm correct. Yeah, with the hamstring when he went hurt, yeah. when he hurt in Game Five, that's what really blew his chance to maybe get in the ring and maybe meeting on uh, LeBron and the Cavs in 2018. I mean, as of right now, the way I see it, Chris Paul's not looking for the money right now. He's looking for a team that can go deep into the playoffs and even potentially have a ring within the next year or two. I mean, Chris Paul already has a Hall of Fame resume. I don't think anybody will dispute that with me, but. If he gets a ring in the next year or the year after that, he he's a he's a shoe in for the Hall of Fame. Indeed. Um, one one more thing with Chris Paul before we move on to baseball, James. Um, with Chris Paul, well, let's not forget this might be his second time trying to maybe go to the Lakers. Remember in 2012 and 20, 2011, 2012 season, the Lakers tried to trade for him for um Trey Palgasol to the Hornets to get Chris Paul, but um Dave Stern um. Former um, 
um, yeah, um, D- David Sturm, um, former um NBA commissioner, he vetoed the trade in order for not Chris Paul not going to the Lakers. So let's see if Rob Palenka and those boys and and the Lakers and LeBron James can maybe push to get Chris Paul on board. Indeed, because I would love to really see that, especially not and now in the, in, in the NBA, people are hunting for the championship. Yeah, I agree. All right, like you hinted, Justin. Our next topic is baseball. First, I want to say congratulations to the Lakers, or not the Lakers, I'm sorry, to the uh, Dodgers for winning the World Series. They were in a 32-year drought. What do you think, Justin? 32-year drought. The last time the Dodgers won was in, um like, 1988, and that's when the Lakers won, 1988. So that was definitely a fine year for those two franchises. But my... This is I have a um, few things to say about the Dodgers. Um, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, they played an unbelievable role. The thing what Corey Seager did in the NLE, um, NLCS against the Braves, and Justin Turner did against the um, against in the um, in the in the World Series against the Rays, unbelievable. But the main factor about this whole thing was the MVP for the for the World Series. Um, in my opinion, it should have went to Justin Turner, but it went to Corey Seager for reasons that I think it was for a reason. Number one, um, there was a lot of things going on in the um in the game. Um, Justin Turner he tested positive for COVID nineteen, and like, and he left the game in the seventh inning. And the scary part about this is that um he was playing with COVID during the game, and then after the game he went on side the field. And I understand, like you've been dreaming about your whole your whole career, winning a championship and all. But to know that you went on the field and and knowing that the MLB allowed him to go on the field, it's a da- it's a shame. It's a damn shame because here it is, we're in the midst of a pandemic, and he's on the field hugging his wife, hugging his teammates, hugging his manager who's like forty years old or something like that. Like it's just unbelievable. And like these players, like. For example, like they're getting tested one to two times a day. Like, how do you not see this man has had COVID before the game? Like, it's unbelievable. And like when in the NBA NBA bubble, for example, these guys getting tested one to two times a day, and they're finding out 30 minutes late if they had COVID or not. So, what is the MLB doing? Like, it's it's just unbelievable in my opinion. I mean, Justin, I'm right there with you, man. I'm. I mean, everyone saw him get pulled in the middle of the game. So obviously a lot of questions were going around. Why are they pulling him out? Why are they pulling him out? And then later we find out that he did test positive for COVID. But at that point, I think he should already be in the locker room. He should already be getting changed or at least, you know, trying to leave the facility. But I mean, I, I do get it. You know, you, you, you just won a world series ring. You just won the championship. You want to go out and celebrate, but at the same time, you you got to think of yourself. You got to think of your teammates, the staff, and everyone else who was on the field or around him at that time. But like you said, him going around hugging everybody and everything like that. I think the MLB really should have almost like barricaded him in the locker room to keep him out and off the field. And they sh- should have just kept him separated from everybody else. Now. Now the Dodgers, I would assume they're going to be getting tested like crazy just to see who who might have it, who might not have it. But I think that was a really wild or reckless choice of him. But we'll we'll see how it goes with the COVID testing. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like like you both said, I mean, you know, they got 
They got robbed by the Astros. They lost to the, the Red Sox 2018. They lost to the Nationals last year. This was their year. The Yankees weren't there, so this was their year. I mean, everybody was saying, you know, Kershaw, you know what they say about Kershaw in the playoffs. He chokes. This <laughs> year in the playoffs, did he really choke? No, not at all. And I agree with you, Justin. I was talking to my uncle yesterday about who's MVP. I honestly, even though they didn't win, what Randy Orozarino did as a rookie and put up the numbers that he did, I think he should have won. However, Corey Seager had a slash line that was ridiculous. It was 400, 550, and then 700. That is ridiculous. But in terms of of uh, Justin Turner, I mean, yeah, how, how do you you get tested before the game? How in the seventh inning do you all of a sudden get a test that says positive? And then you know that he's positive and letting him back on the field? Like, something is fishy there. I, I don't know. I feel like the MLB is going to have a massive investigation. Not only does he put his his teammates and staff in danger, he also puts the Rays in danger because he played against them. That and all the players that had family members, kids on the field, all that, even with even even the media was there. Not everybody was wearing masks, which they were supposed to. They were breaking the rule. And, you know, everybody's sharing the trophy. Everybody's hugging each other, sharing everything. I think the numbers are going to go crazy in, in, in the, the Dodgers' locker room. What do you and, think? Yeah, like, with the, with the numbers to answer your question, it's, it's going to go nuts. The man, Justin Turner, he plays third base. He plays in the diamond. He's literally leaving innings. I saw some video or, like, I saw some videos of him hugging his teammates, touching them, touching them, like, during the game, fist bumps and all that. There's going to be so a bunch of cases. And in my opinion... Like, what is the MLB doing? How are you monitoring the issues? These guys should be getting tested. Like, I'm, I'm going to say again. I'm going to keep repeating myself. One to two times a day. So, in Dino, I was looking I was looking up this earlier. And, and so, an NBA bubble. A test can come back in, a, in an hour, in an hour or 30 minutes, or maybe two hours. Okay. A game, the games in, this, in the world say they've been starting around 8 and 7 o'clock. They get tested in the morning, like around when they wake up, like around eight or nine, and they get tested three before game time. Obviously, warm up. How are you not getting these tests back? And you're finding out, oh, during the seventh inning, this guy has COVID. Something doesn't. Something sounds fishy right there. And we can say all you want about Robert Manford being a horrible commissioner. He is. He is a horrible commissioner. Why? Because the man he started his season and it lasted sixty games. It should have been eighty games. It should have never been sixty. And the reason why to answer, to answer this is like, how do you not know a man has COVID knowing you're giving all these tests out? And in my opinion, the NFL, the MLB, any sport, they need to look at what the NBA did for the last three months because there wasn't no positive test. That's all I got to say regarding that. I mean, honestly, so Justin, you're, you're right. You, you nailed it right on the head. I mean, I know we talked a lot about last week or last episode that we had what the NBA did and what the other professional sports are doing and how it's nowhere close to what the NBA did. But I mean, there, there definitely will be an investigation. I definitely see that coming down the pipeline. I don't think it's going to be too big of a witch hunt. Like the Astro scandal was, of course it's not cheating, but it's still not right. You're still putting people's lives in danger. So I definitely see a investigation coming out. 
what what it will entail, I have no idea, but I guess we'll have to see when that rolls around. And like before we get to James, and the sick part is that this man was taking off his mask while they're taking team photos, knowing that he had COVID. Like it's just it's just unbelievable. It really is. I was just I was literally just thinking that same thing. I was on I was on the MLB um, Instagram today, right? And I see a picture of all of them with the trophy. He's he's on top of literally all his players with no mask, and he's tested positive with COVID. Are you serious? Like that that's ridiculous. It was like remember when this all started, and um, what was his name? He went to the media and he like touched all the mics as a joke, and then like an hour later he came back positive. Yeah. And then everybody was like on him for that. I guarantee Justin Turner is going to get. See, that's where I'm crossed up. Do you think it's Justin Turner's like choice to go out there? Or you think the team was like, yeah, 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 go. You're fine. You're fine. What do you think? During the game? No, like after when he celebrated. After? Left. The, the MLB allowed him to. They knew he had COVID. We need to blame the MLB PA. No, not the PA. We need to, we need to blame the commissioner for allowing him to be out there. Exactly. That's not acceptable. It, re- it really isn't. We There's like a mist of a pandemic right now. Thousands of lives. People have died because of this virus. People have tested positive. Children are on the field. This man is hugging his... Matter of fact, am I, like this man is... Justin Turner is literally kissing his wife. Like, do you love your wife? I'm not trying to joke, but do you love your wife? Like, come on now, let's 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 be real. Like, we're human. We're in the midst of a pandemic, and plus, Texas, Texas and New York is like the top hotspots. You're literally doing this. Like, they need to look at Robert Manfred and the MLB because you allowed this man to be on the field. You allowed him, and the Dodgers too. So someone needs to pay the price. Yeah, I mean, I think because there's not a lot of answers being answered. And people need to know. If if Manfred doesn't get fired or something happens to him, it I, I don't know what to say, bro. I you know, I thought someone was gonna happen with the Astros. He did absolutely nothing. And the fact that he's allowing Justin Turner with positive tests, yes, he may be asymptomatic and not feel bad and feel perfectly fine. But the fact that he got a test positive back and they allowed him to go on the field. With all those people, especially taking photos, that's ridiculous. Hugging Kershaw, who's old. Hugging Roberts, who's older. Hugging all these players who are older. The staff is old. Canley Jansen is up there. All these players, even even with the Rays, all their players, they're, everybody's going to have to quarantine. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, James, I agree with you. I mean, definitely – all those older people out there on the field, but as we've learned with COVID, it just doesn't affect the old. It it affects everybody. Of course, when COVID first came out, everyone thought like, oh, kids were or younger people were le- more immune, I should say, or uh, have less potential to catch it. But obviously, we've seen that happen, and it's it's clearly false. So I mean, everyone, no one is safe from this. And honestly, like you said, heads are gonna roll, whether that's from the Dodgers or from the MLB commission or the commissioner, it heads are going to roll, and I think there's definitely going to be huge repercussions for this. If nothing is done about this, I'm honestly going to be surprised. I'm going to lose a lot of respect for the MLB just because that this is a clear I, – I would say it's a red flag, but it's it's way more than that. 
it's not a red flag. It's I can't even explain how bad that is. But honestly, overall, I think that was a very stupid move from the Dodgers organization for letting him go back out. Even if the MLB said go back out, you know, you got to be the bigger man and say, well, I just got tested positive. I'm going to sit this out. Exactly. And one more thing until we uh, go over. But not to mention, there were fans in the in the there were fans in the stadium. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Besides football, nobody else did that. And I think, you know, everybody coming off from the from the crowd, coming down, people are crossing the yellow tape when they're not supposed to. They're getting close to the players. They're going up. They're they might be like, you know, getting close. Justin Turner has a brain. He's very smart. He can make his own choices. Like you said, Nick, he can make his own choices. Even if, you know, Dave Roberts said, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Go, 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 whatever. He could be like, nah, that's putting everybody at risk. I'm going to stay back and not enjoy this celebration. But anything last thoughts, boys? Robert Manfred needs to be accountable. Um, He needs to be accountable for this. That's it. He needs to take action on him for real because 2020 for him – the Astros and this, it says it all. All right. Our last and final topic for this week, NFL Week 8. Justin, what do you think is going to be the best game this week and why? Um, The best game this week? Um, it's a lot of great games. You have the Buccaneers and Giants. You have the undefeated Steelers. Um, you have um, a lot of great teams playing right, right now. And... Um, I think the biggest game in particular, in my opinion, is the Packers game. Um, the Packers, um, they're um, they're going against the 49ers. The 49ers are looking up for a run for their um for their money right now. They're looking for a, a spot right now in these in these upcoming games. And it's really cool seeing like um the Packers and um doing what they're doing right now. And like you look at the and like another great game right now, the Titans and the Bears. That's a defensive game right there in particular. And um we should see how that goes. Yeah, I agree. Nick, what do you think? Honestly, I mean, Justin, you listed off some really good games right there, which I'm definitely gonna try and watch. But I think the one key game you really kind of missed out on was the Steelers-Ravens game. I know you mentioned it briefly, but the undefeated Steelers and the 5-1 and one Ravens. You got Big Ben. Big Ben playing like he's never played before. Like, we haven't seen this for a long time. His 0-9. It's unbelievable. Yeah, since his 0-9 run. But then we still have Lamar Action Jackson. He's still cooking over there in Baltimore. They're only 5-1. and one. So, honestly, I think this is going to be a huge, huge game that could potentially – Po- uh, that could potentially shake up where the postseason seeding will be. If the Steelers can beat the Ravens, they're going to run away with this season. They're going to run away with it. But if Baltimore can win a game and knock the Steelers down to 6-1, and one, I, th- I think the Ravens, you know, that that's really going to put a lot of momentum back in their step. Yeah, I agree. I agree with both of you. I mean – the Steelers and Ravens, that, that's obviously going to be the biggest game. Um, you know, I think Big Ben is going to come up clutch, but I don't know. I think I think the Ravens are going to break that record. I think they're going to make them 6-1 and one and go 6-2. and two. 
or six and one, sorry. Um, but as for another game, I kind of want to watch just as a Giants fan um, because you know the Patriots don't have Tom Brady anymore. Sorry, yeah. Nick, I'm picking on you. But what do you think? The last three games, they have scored 12 points or fewer. Do you think the Bills are going to beat them? Well, I mean, honestly, I think the biggest part of this if is if New England can figure out this quarterback situation. We've seen Cam Newton at his hottest in the beginning of the season where he could do no wrong. He's throwing the ball. He's running the ball effectively back when he was still with the Panthers in the Super Bowl. You know, he's he was showing signs of going back to that old Cam Newton that we know. But as of lately, Cam having COVID, recovering, coming back, and the Patriots camp being shut down, they couldn't practice. I think this was ju- I think last week was just a bad showing of what practice actually means. I mean, Cam Newton missed two or three weeks due to COVID and then having their practice field shut down because of COVID, it, it it shows that practice does make perfect. I mean, you don't just take off four weeks of something and expect to come back the same caliber. So honestly, I think this game means a lot to the Patriots and not even just for their quarterback situation, but I even mean sitting the seating in the AFC East. The Bills are five and two. The Pats are two and four. I honestly I can't recall the last time the Patriots were two and four. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, yeah, James. Before you go, Justin, I just want to ask Nick, do you think Cam Newton was overhyped and overrated? I don't I wouldn't say he's overrated, but do you think he's overhyped? Because I remember when you guys, when the when the Patriots uh, signed him, everybody's like, oh, he's, he might be an MVP talk. He's going to be so great. He has everybody, blah, 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 blah. But, like, or do you think it's COVID that has stopped him? And like you said, practice makes perfect. Well, I mean, all, all the big signings this year, like Patrick Mahomes getting that huge contract. Everyone's saying, oh, he's going to be next year's MVP too. Watching Lamar last year, this season, and the beginning of this season, he's going to be MVP. Brady going to the Bucks with Gronk, and the Bucks are picking up star players, it seems, almost every other week. He's going to be MVP. You know, I think everyone kind of throws the MVP thing around way too much, and especially when we're, you know, this early into the season. I know we're heading to week eight, but in the beginning of the season, there were so many names being thrown around for MVP. I don't think anything should come out about MVP until at least like week 10, week 11. But I think now that the Patriots have their facility back open, you know, they're practicing. And as the, as Bill Belichick's famous quote, we're on the Cincinnati. I think that's the Patriots mindset right now. Okay. We're on to Buffalo. So yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. With the Patriots, they haven't lost, like, they haven't been 2-4 and four or been in this type of stretch and, like, and like disappointment since, like, 2002 with a 2-4 and record. Um, With this whole thing, um, in my opinion, with Cam Newton, Cam Newton has not been the same since the 2015-2016 is um, MVP season when he went up against the Broncos and all. Like, Cam Newton has a, a, a great story. But in my opinion, in my opinion I hate to say this, Nick, with your Patriots, you need to just keep losing games. You need to get Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence, this whole thing with the whole Jets recently, this whole thing, he it looks like Trevor Lawrence. If if the Jets get the number one pick in the draft, they like 
if they if the Jets keep on losing or whatever, this is like Owen um eight right now. I think um he won't be a Jet and he'll stay another year in college. But if the Patriots can keep losing, maybe in my opinion, they can maybe tank up for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, honestly, I could see it happen, but with Cam Newton being on the roster, Jared Stidham, you know. Honestly, I think if it doesn't work out with Cam, I think the Patriots should really kind of invest time with Jared Stidham. I mean, nobody really knew about Stidham because Brady was still around. You know, Brady was still with the Patriots. So obviously, when you think of the Patriots, everyone thinks of Tom Brady, Gronk, Edelman, Amendola back when he was still around. But the Patriots backup quarterbacks, they never see any light. They never get any game time just because of who was the number one quarterback. But He's been around in the Patriots system for a little while. So I think, you know, just getting that field time, getting the exposure, I think Stidham could still pull it off and be a great quarterback. Well, like, I look, Kyle Cowboy, Cowboy for this, um, James, um, with, um, with, with Stidham and this and that with the quarterbacks, um, Patriots, Patriots, in my opinion, they've never been in this threshold before, like, needing a quarterback situation. They've always had, they've always had Tommy Brady, Tom Brady. Like Brady can do anything. Brady can do this. Like they never had this issue, but now it's getting into the in the roots. Patriots, they need they need a quarterback and they need receivers or hand like like Nikella, what's his name? Nikella, Harry, Harry. His last name's Harry. Um, they have a horrible receiving unit right now besides Edelman, and that's another reason why Brady left. Like he didn't have no receivers on that on that on his last team. But with the quarterback situation, um. I'm agree they need to be testing um Stenum, but um I think they should tank for Trevor Lawrence. They need to tank on him. Really. Man, Trevor Lawrence, he only has one career loss in his career. And that was against LSU, losing the championship game, but we shall see. Yeah, I mean I agree with both of you, but talk about Trevor Lawrence before we close the show out. Um I don't know. I don't. I don't see him going to the Patriots. I think, you know, the Giants are eight and uh, one and seven right now. The Jets are zero and seven right now. So I think. I mean, as a Giants fan, I want the Giants to keep losing because it's. I I I cannot watch the Giants play right now, um, and I think, I think he's gonna go to one of the two teams. I think he's gonna go, the Jets, or he's gonna go to the Giants because both teams need a quarterback. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I mean, if he comes to the Giants, he has Saquon if he comes back healthy. He has uh, Ingram, his, who's been relatively good this year. We just we're we're starting to become a better. I wouldn't say we're a great team, but we're starting to become more watchable than we were last year. Yeah. Any last thoughts, boys? One thing I want to end off is with the Antonio Brown signs to the Buccaneers. I think that was a great move by the Buccaneers, Tom Brady and coach. Um, Brian Arnes, um getting him. And, and um, I remember what Brian said back in – oh, no, my, my fault. Not Brian. His name is Bruce Arnes. My fault. But uh, what, what Bruce said back in March by Antonio Brown, I got this Correa. He said there's no room and um, probably not enough money. It's just not going to happen. It's not a fit here. Now, needing him, knowing that O.J. Howard and um, some of their receivers in, such as um, – Mike Evans, he's been down late, but he's been still playing. But Chris Godwin, he's still with a thumb issue. So if you look at this Buccaneers lineup, you have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Scott Miller, and Jones and Leonard Fournette. In my opinion, that's a beast lineup. And I love what um 
Coach um, Bruce Arians said, be a team player or be gone. So I feel like Antonio Brown, he has his mindset coming back into the NFL. I feel like Tom Brady, knowing that the mentor he is, and I know Nick from Boston, Tom Brady's like the best quarterback he is. In my opinion, he's a mentor. I like how like Brady's trying to get Tampa to push for um to push for Antonio Brown, knowing that he deserves a second chance. And I believe in the comeback story. I mean, Justin, going on what you said, back when Brown was going through his little diva phase, you know, leaving the Steelers, going to the Raiders, leaving the Raiders and coming to New England, you know, for the two or three weeks that Brown was here in New England, you know, he said prior, before even coming to New England, I want to be with Coach Belichick. I want to be with Tom Brady. So, you know, he, he wants to be with Brady because he knows what Brady's capable of and even though it was two or three weeks, Brady and Brown were able to put together some sort of chemistry, as we saw from for the limited time that Brown was with the Patriots. But I could definitely, I definitely see him being a huge asset to the Bucks. But he's got to remember, like you said, you know, this is a team game. You know, leave your ego at the door, sort of thing. And the Bucks having such a stacked receiving core. I don't see him getting a whole bunch of targets. Brady's not going to single him out just because, oh, yeah, I played two or three weeks with this guy. I know I know who he is. I see him getting decent reps, but I don't see him getting the numbers that he got when he was on the Steelers just because all they really had that Big Ben could actually hit was Juju Smith and Antonio Brown. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with both of you. All right, unfortunately, we're out of time, but boys, thank you for coming. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to our show. We will see you next week on 3 Bulldog Production. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.